Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This podcast is brought to you by Nut Money Coalition's Farm Talk podcast. They have been serving the Hopi community since 2004 by working to reaffirm and preserve traditional Hopi farming. Go to nutmoneycoalition.org to learn more. That's N-A-T-W-A-N-I coalition.org. Native Community Capital is your trusted partner for home loans or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272. Let's work together to rebuild tribal economies. are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. And with me is the guy that likes to count his pennies, Carl. Hey, what's going on? Um, Hey, uh, happy Wednesday to you all. It's been a great week. How has your week been going? Happy day to everybody out there. Happy Wednesday. This is... I, I figured by now, Carl, like um, some of the, people still want some to of, some pretend of, some of the to sad, play some of the sad girls my... out there <laughs> that have imaginations of grandeur that they can yeah. change their men. I understand now that there's that, no changing you. Yeah, exactly. That, that you know, uh, I can point out the fact that we are a podcast. We we and. Uh, and Just because we come out on Wednesday doesn't mean that's when people listen to us. But on that's Wednesday. but it's a Wednesday but when yet, you come out. So you still insist on coming on, on Wednesday? wishing Wednesdays, I, even to the point where you admitted <laughs> that you would not be able to wake up to do a morning show. Yeah. Because mornings are still mornings are want to pretend that this is a morning show. It so, was, it was know, a tough as, morning. As, it was a tough morning. I have to say that as, as much as everyone has tried to get Peter Pan to grow up <laughs> and nobody was <laughs> successful at doing that. I understand now that there's just no success in me trying to get you to get out of this imagination land that well, you live in with these imaginary people that you talk to. Well, that you tell me that they give me bad feedback. Well, so well, you know, Sola still thinks I'm cool, and that's that's all that matters. <laughs> and and we're here with episode nine episode, already. Episode nine already of this season. I mean, it's it's been a great season. I have to admit that it's it's one of our best seasons out here, and it's I mean, it's taken me by surprise. This is one of our best seasons because we're coming off of a uh, 1,000 downloaded week, which is pretty good for us, for us to be able to get that many folks to listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we've yeah. been consistent in keeping those high marks throughout this season. And so I, I don't know what it is. You know, I I seriously thought that our solo episodes were going to bomb the season, but it didn't to some degree. So here you and I are touting one of the most successful seasons of the CJ podcast. And so I definitely like to thank everybody out there. Like to thank our 30 pack circle of givers would like to thank our 
season sponsors. <laughs> I had to wait till it was done. <laughs> and and like to thank every single one of you out there for listening to our podcast. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, everybody out there who has kept up with from season one from our debut episode. I just listen. I just re-listened to that episode again. Oh, really? Yeah. Did and you I was laugh? Like, and it, I was like, damn, we were of dumb. How awkward then. we were. Back I was like, then. man, we were so awkward back then. It was like, <laughs> man. It was like uh, you're you're a senior in high school yeah. now, and you're looking back at your and, freshman uh, year. Yeah. Picks. I was like, damn, that, I wasn't cool back then. <laughs> <laughs> But but we're, you know, I, I guess, you know, going forward that we're going to be releasing additional content because although it is episode nine that we're actually going to hit you with two more episodes. Yeah, exactly. Making 11 episodes for the season and a couple of bonus content, bonus episodes to talk about additional things because, you know, there have been a lot of requests of us to talk about certain things and you know we're just fresh off of our covid episode yeah which was kind of interesting because then you know really that what that purpose of that conversation was to be discussing i guess the pros and cons the health wise of the covid but well, i think a lot of people here on the reservation but yeah. i think a lot of took a lot of people took it politically yeah which wasn't the intent basically like our political episode just like our political episode and so note to self that anytime you want to talk about anything that's politically related more than likely you're going to piss somebody off oh yeah we can't please everybody but (laughs) you know but you know it's it's how we live i guess Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but anyway i we we are we are here going to talk about um college life College life in a way, I guess you could say. (laughs) You know, all the episodes that I listen to, it's funny because then, you know, we're having this general conversation. Yeah. And then you decide to introduce the topic. And most of the time you introduce it incorrectly. (laughs) Which has been pretty consistent. Because in in my mind, that's pretty much how I view the topic. So... (laughs) <laughs> and, but anyway, you know, so, well, you kind of got it right, I guess. I, 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 yeah. I, I mean, you didn't hit the nail on the head. But I, I hit it you, just you, enough. You I'm, it I'm not a carpenter, but in, I hit it just in, enough in the where it went into the next board, basically. Mm-hmm. It'll hold. Mm-hmm. It'll hold. It. <laughs> just don't pull on it hard. Just don't pull on it hard. It'll hold. Just don't touch I it. I didn't know this was supposed to be uh, stable. <laughs> just don't touch the board, <laughs> but it'll hold. <laughs> <laughs> and so what we're going to talk about is we're going to be talking about uh, Hopi College Kids. Yeah, Hopi College and, Kids. And, and so we've talked about college several times, talking about our first yeah. season. We actually had two episodes where we talked about college a whole lot. But really, that was from mine and your experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then, because the fact that you and I, it's probably been a good decade since you and I were last in college. Yeah. That so much has changed. That more than likely the perspectives of the kids that are in college now are changed. Exactly. And even just that term, because I always tell the res famous wife all the time, you know that you're old. Yeah. When you refer to people in college as kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you know, both you and I, we went to college um, right after high school. I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like me, I I signed up, I gave my signature away, and uh, I I went to I went to college not knowing that uh, I could I could not go to college. It's like it's it's this weird mentality where it's like 
you have to go to college right after high school. Nobody has told me that you could work after high school. Nobody told me that you could get a job after high school or travel the world after high school. It was always like, you always have to get your secondary education in order for you to succeed in that in that way. And nobody has really told me that I could I could have all these options there. Mm -hmm. And so that's reason why I went to college right after high school, mm -hmm. not even taking a break. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that when you spend all day in Solo's house and watch nothing but those after school ABC <laughs> specials, that, that usually tends to be the dynamic because I, I, for, for myself and for a lot of people, I think it was quite the opposite that we only saw people start working right after high school. And yeah. then it was quite the opposite where we thought that oh, I'm just going to go start working after really? high school and not go to college because that's what everybody else in my family, that's what everybody else in my community is doing. See, I come from a family of educated people, mm -hmm, so... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, <laughs> I I wanted I wanted to be educated as so, well, too. So I take it you're the black sheep of the family. <laughs> <laughs> so we're almost brown now, so... <laughs> But, you know, because we talked about this topic quite a bit in several episodes, college. But, you know, I think the point that I kind of wanted to make is that, you know, even though we talk about a certain type of topic, but th that there's so many layers yeah. to yeah. a certain type of subject. Because then, like, for example, like you think about an orange, right? Yeah. Let's say we did a podcast episode about an orange. Okay. We talk about the juiciness of the orange. We talk right. about the sweetness of the orange. We talk about the acidity of the orange and then the episode's done. But later on, we want to come back and we talk about the orange again. But it's like you guys already talked about the orange. Yeah. What's well, like, well, we only talked about a certain aspect of the orange. Yeah. Did you know that on the outside of the orange, the rind is used in a lot of culinary dishes? Is the, is the orange on the outside called a rind or a peel? I think it can be called either. Really? Mm -hmm. mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that the acidity part of it is used in different um, dishes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and so, you know, that's kind of an example of the many layers of these different topics that we have. And so college is definitely another one. And, you know, I, I think that in those other episodes where we talked about college, we really mostly only talked about ourselves. But, you know, one of the things that I wanted for us to talk about was how the community perceives college, because like you're saying, and I think that both you and I have a different perspective or at least a different experience of what the perspective of college is, because yeah. then, you know, going to school from an early age, you're always told that the opportunity to go to college is there. Yeah. That, that idea of pursuing a higher education is always there and and so you know for us Hopis out here on the reservation what do we think of college oh my god i mean like if you're if you're coming from like a traditional family mm -hmm. the one mm -hmm. that has only have like maybe a part of a high school degree mm -hmm. and when you're when you think about like secondary education you don't think about like how could that help me in a way, you know, like, cause if you're skilled in something else like carving or like you're like, um, like, like shoemaking or something in that, in that nature, or like weaving, you don't think about like, oh, there are other options for me to get money. Like there are other options for me to pursue a higher education and, and to, and to think about that, especially here on the reservation, it's, it's, it's a, 
it's it's not a, a linear type of decision that kids make. Like if you go to one of these schools out here and ask them, what do they want to be when they grow up? Most of them that will say, I don't know, because, because uh, there's not a lot of options out here on the reservation to make it so that they're going to become interested. Or, or they say something that doesn't require a college education. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, like, you know, if you want to be like a mechanic, you can go to one of those uh, two year schools, you know, just to learn to be a mechanic carpenter yeah like that firefighter yeah and and it doesn't require you to take like these four to eight year colleges paramedic do the paramedics have the two-year thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. four years i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i'm not a (laughs) paramedic so i don't know (laughs) you're you're not an expert i'm not an expert i I, I think that that's been made clear i'm i'm an expert in my own way so (laughs) yeah you are (laughs) And, you know, I guess, you know, one of the disclaimers, though, that I definitely wanted to say is that because, you know, as a community, we put so much value in this idea of college. Yeah. That there's this big message out there in our communities that going to college is important. Yeah. That earning a college degree is important. That if you're able to earn a college degree, then you're going to be able to move mountains for your people. That you're going to be able to provide some sort of benefit for your people. But, you know, and and this is something that I definitely want to put out there in the world that it's not the only option, right? Yeah. Like like you're saying that, you know, that there are other options and that college isn't necessarily for everybody because we all learn differently. We all have different aspirations. We want to do certain things with our lives. Some of us like to use our hands and build things. Some of us are builders. And then so, you know, there's other avenues, welders, carpenters, mechanics, plumbers, etc. that you could create a wonderful life for yourself if you chose those career paths instead of going to college. Because there are probably Uh, welders out there that make a ton of more money than you or I do and don't have the debt that you and I have. <laughs> I, I wonder how, what, what's the percentage out here of Hopis that actually did go to college and actually completed college. I wonder what that percentage is. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I imagine that the ratio wouldn't be good. <laughs> out of a, out of a hundred people out here, how many do you think actually finished college? My guess would be 10. <laughs> yeah, actually that would be a real number be a real life number because you know when you when you go to the kivas not a lot of guys will talk in uh, you know like upstep their their college years mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. anything like that mm-hmm. they'll they'll basically not talk about anything education or like bahana education mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it kind of kind of gives you that notion or gives you that thought that these guys never went to college these guys never sought secondary Education. Well, you know, I'm kind of glad that you brought that up because then, you know, because the message that we promote in our communities that college is important. Yeah. That we encourage everybody should go to college, you know, regardless of the type of performance that you do in junior high school, high school that, you know, we we promote that there are programs out there to help you to catch up or there are programs that are out, out there to help you fund for your college education we promote that there are all these different programs especially for native people american indians 
to get into college and to have these opportunities. But the things that we don't like to talk about is that we don't like to talk about our failures. And there is actually statistical data out there that I think reflects what we just talked about, that a very small percentage of American Indian people that do go to college actually graduate with a bachelor's degree. And for the amount of people that go out there to go to college that graduate with a bachelor's degree, that the percentage shrinks when it goes to those that go to graduate school to get a master's degree. And then from that master's degree number, that shrinks even more for people that want to go and get a higher degree, like a PhD, EDD, medical school, law school. Uh, an executive MBA master's in business administration. And so really, if you meet a native person out there that has a PhD, that has an EDD, that has a law degree, that has a medical doctor degree, that those are people that are unicorns. Yeah. Because they're far and few in between. And so, you know, and I, I think with my experience working in, in the collegiate areas, working for ASU and working for the U of A, that that was a big part of my job was looking at trends as to why aren't our, co- our kids successful in college? How come it's difficult for our kids to finish college? And usually a lot of what it comes down to is that it comes down to support that our kids don't have a lot of support when it goes to going to college. Yeah. Because like, you know, some of the examples that you pointed out in terms of like a real traditional family that we put more value in our culture, we put more value in the farming, we put more value we in the we. It's basically you're trying to uh, weigh the, the differences uh-huh. of how you want to be, you want to live, uh-huh. whether it's like the Pahana way or the Hopi way. Uh-huh. And one kind of outweighs the other because of tradition, because of culture and because of who you are. And so that's the reason why I guess that's part of the reason why a lot of native kids aren't really successful in graduating um, like college or secondary college. And that's what you said before, like finding a person that actually has a PhD or everything like the third highest um, education out there. Mm -hmm. It's very, very rare, especially here on the reservation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so because of the way that we, our calendar is set up, like the Hopi calendar, Mm -hmm. it doesn't leave us a lot of room to be a white man. (laughs) (laughs) If there was an extra month to for us to be a white man, then yeah, I, I would take that opportunity. <laughs> and, you know, and, and there's there's a lot of other things, as, especially and see, there, there, there is a difference. There is a difference in terms of the opportunities that are available for our on-reservation students yeah. versus the opportunities that are available for off-reservation Native students. And I think that we've talked about it to a degree at least throughout some of the episodes on our podcast yeah that a lot of the times that there's a lack of opportunity for our kids here on the reservation to be college ready because then when you look at some of the urban schools that there's a lot of programming a lot of college readiness programs that are available to those students there that will prepare them to apply for college prepare them for the college lifestyle and then for a lot of us dusty res kids 
that, you know, we kind of go into college with a blindfold on to a degree. Yeah. Because then, you know, we really don't know what to expect. And we've talked about it before on some of our previous episodes as to what we thought it was going to be like. And then getting there and seeing the actuality of what college is really like. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, we we have a lot to discuss here, but we're going to go ahead and take a quick break for our paid sponsors. Cool. Nurturing Indigenous Intelligence is a grassroots organization based on the Hopi Reservation. They work to alleviate the hardships in the community through acts of giving, from distributing school supplies, volunteering at various places, and working to expand their services. Follow them on Instagram at NurturingI Squared and on Facebook at NI Squared Team to find out more. Koan Bioma Law PLLC is 100% native owned and operated, founded by Viren Koan Bioma. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources, and energy. Koan Bioma Law is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering community activism and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations. Terraform Development is a Navajo and Hopi-owned engineering, architectural, and project management firm located in northern Arizona. The company has full-time staff and comprises of Navajo and Hopi employees. Terraform services include civil engineering, residential design, drone mapping, and project management on projects for your need. Terraform is a Priority One Navajo Certified Business and Hopi Business License Certified. Contact Terraform Development at T-E-R-R-A the number 4orm.com and follow them on Instagram at Terraform Development. And we're back from paying some bills and like we always forget to announce <laughs> at the beginning of the episode that we actually do have a special guest today. Yeah, we yeah, have forgot about that. <laughs> we had a special guest. Uh, how did you forget this? <laughs> I can't remember everything, Carl. Your, na- your name's in front. <laughs> I'd like for you to pull half the weight once in I a while. I pull a lot of weight. So that's the reason why I, I'm I'm destined to rely on you. Put on a lot of the weight is more like it. No, I'm just <laughs> but anyway. But, but before, before I get canceled for uh, body for shaming. For body shaming. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, we're, you know, welcome, welcome one of our special guests. We, we were supposed to have two guests, but one of them kind of opted out because um, if she's probably listening, she doesn't want to uh, talk to her dad. So she, she doesn't want to be on her dad's podcast. <laughs> she's too cool to be on, on daddy's podcast. <laughs> well, we would like to welcome to the podcast, uh, Dion Sania. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty Thanks good. For having me on. Doing pretty good, Dion. Thank you for joining us on my last minute request. If you could introduce yourself to our listeners. Hello, everyone. My name is Dion. I'm from uh, the village of Sungwopabe. And my my clan's um, is Bearstrap, Bikosungwa. And uh, I go to school here at Fort Lewis for uh, geology. Say that program one more time, Dion. Um, I'm going to school here at Fort Lewis for geology. Oh, geology. 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 So I- you're, you're going to... Study rocks. <laughs> there, yes, there, is is that plenty a plenty of those out here? <laughs> is that a is that a uh, you know a demanding? Is that a demanding uh, suit out here on the reservation? Um, it 
Yes, it actually is. Um, really? I, <laughs> I would have never guessed. Well, for for the studies that I've went into, I um, I started actually I started a while back. Um, I when I first started school back in 2013, it wasn't for geology at first. It was first for uh, I believe it was like business, and I kind of went into one semester and tried another semester. Didn't like it. I try art. I didn't like that either. Um, and I kind of was just finding myself bouncing around to different uh, programs and departments. Kind of burnt myself out trying to find a, find a program and uh, trying to find a major. And eventually I found, uh, I took a geology class as part of like a, um, as a part of a required course here at Fort Lewis to graduate. And um, a big part of it was natural resource um, management and land management. So, so do you lick rocks sometimes? <laughs> I have to ask. Yes, I lick rocks, <laughs> smell rocks, kind of feel all the nice fine grooves, and um, yeah. <laughs> he he asks because he's trying to find a, a niche group that he can put together. You know, hope he's that like to, lick to rocks. like ro- rock lickers. We're, to lick rocks. This is going to be a rock band. We're called the Rock Lickers. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so Dion, you, you mentioned that you're at Fort Lewis College and then you mentioned the de- degree program. Can you let us know why you chose to go to school mm-hmm. at Fort Lewis? And then also, uh, a little, I guess, a little bit more as to why you chose geology as a program to pursue. Yeah, definitely. Fort Lewis was kind of, I guess, the, uh, the affordable option for me at the time. And when I was going to, um, when I was going to school, I or when I was applying for different schools, I didn't really have um, have an idea until kind of last minute. And I visited Fort Lewis, kind of liked how uh, the programs they had to offer. And when I first came there, um, a professor from the from the environmental science programs, um, Earth System Sciences, I'm sorry, and they were talking about the different parts of what entails into the earth system scientists and that geology was a really good place to start off uh, was it really was geology would be a prime place for fort lewis to um to have their studies at and um going into finding geology i was um i took a summer internship with the southern ute tribe and from there i learned a lot more about uh natural resource uh resource management land management uh and um water conservation and uh, water quality, air quality as well. That, that actually sounds pretty good. I, I have no idea what you were talking about <laughs> at the time, but I'm pretty sure rock liquors, you know, out there unite, <laughs> but I, you know, I had no idea what that was about, but one, what sort of, um, what sort of barriers or what sort of blockages did you have when going to college, like, did you have any sort of, um, of hardships or any, any type of those things? Um, I think I was kind of, I guess, fortunate enough to, um, be part of the programs that wanted specifically native Americans in schools. And I kind of just found myself, uh, in one of those programs that helped get native Americans into schools, Fort Lewis being one of them. The, the, I guess the hardship in that was that when I got there, the help and the program assistance kind of almost stopped. And I guess, I mean, like the, the, the main part that I guess I didn't train or I, that I wasn't really trained for and didn't really train myself getting ready for college was, was just a lot of uh, helping yourself kind of thing. Um, and I just didn't really know what, I <laughs> didn't really know like what I, 
um, how to like live on my, live on my own for a while. When I first got to Fort Lewis College, I still didn't even know what kind of major I wanted to or what I wanted to major in. And I found myself um, trying to ask for help. But midway between um, a semester and, and toward the end of a semester, my I would have advisors asking you, what do you want to major in? What do you want to do next? And I kind of didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really have a program that um, interested me at the time. And I just, I told them, I was like, I don't know what I want to go into. And one of my advisors told me, well, you better hurry up or else we won't be able to get you any more financial aid. Oh, wow. And so it was kind of like a more of like, I guess, just like a race against the clock, finding what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, which kind of seemed pretty stressful being like 18, 19 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think that's a, that's a great story that you shared Dion, because that's, you know, unfortunately, because at the beginning of the episode that we talked about what a lot of some of the barriers are for native students in particular to finish college. And unfortunately that a lot of these big universities do have that mentality that we want to get these students in and, and we want to get them out within the four years. Yeah. But then like Dion said, and this was a big thing with me too, as well as in my experience is that being 17, 18, 19 years old, that we really have absolutely no idea what it is that we want to do, what type of program that we want to pursue. And it's very important because then you think about how much a degree costs. Yeah. Forty yeah. to sixty thousand dollars. And you know, if you were to stay on that business track and spend that money. And then you come out with a business degree, but then only realizing that that's something that you really don't enjoy doing, that basically it's four years, 40 to $60,000 wasted when you could have took the time to really find your passion. And unfortunately, that a lot of students do experience that in trying to find something that they're passionate about, because then, you know, really that, at least in my opinion, that in terms of what it is to what it is that you want to do with your life. That you have to find that passion. You have to find something that you're willing to put your heart and your soul into because really that's what gets you through the tar- the tough times, yeah, the yeah. difficult times. And, and so, you know, Dion, you kind of shared what some of those tough times that you had because then, you know, a lot of students, they do get to a point where they think that, oh, I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to drop out or even do that. And so Dion, did you ever get to a point like that where you just were at like, F this, I'm just going to drop out of school and do something else. Yeah, I did. Um, It was about that moment before I really figured geology was this, um, was the thing for me. I kind of took a four year break and it wasn't really something planned. It was just a lot of um, different classes I was taking. And then at the same time, my advisors still kind of banging on, on my door asking what, what, major I wanted to declare. So I just kind of told the school like, Hey, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a break. And then they're like, okay, great. When are you going to come back? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't even have an answer for that yet. And I just found myself working. I did everything from working in the kitchen to framing, to plumbing, landscaping, oh, wow. and just kind of found myself just doing different. I mean, just doing any and every job that, um, that Durango has. And I think it was just one day um, I came into work and it was probably around the the COVID and I was getting chewed out by a a customer. And then I just realized, you know, maybe I want to go back to school. (laughs) That's a good reason. Yeah. You know, you know, um, you know, the remarks that you made about uh, about like uh, children not having a passion here. And Mm -hmm. that that just kind of solidifies my 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 theory, too, too, is that there's not a lot out here that children can uh, 
like latch on to. And that's the reason why when you're, when a child is asked, what do you want to grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? They'll answer, I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the choices for our dreams are slim pickings. <laughs> that, that's how oppressed us res people are. <laughs> that we, we're only limited in what we can dream about because then some of those realities don't exist out here. You, like, could you, you imagine like wanting to go to college for dance? <laughs> to go to college for dance and then come out here and then... Uh, in the kiva and you're uh, <laughs> dancing butterfly with your partner and, and, and you're, you're doing the twirls and stuff like that. With, with, <laughs> with, with the ribbon or something. With the ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> and their girl partner is like wondering, like, what the hell the is this? Is he doing? What, is, what is this fruit doing here? <laughs> I mean, I know I'm supposed to put this guy over, but look at him. He's dressed like a fairy. He's dressed like a fairy out here. And you know, Carl, your, your story, you, you, did you ever drop out of school? Oh yeah. Multiple times. Did you really? Yeah. Multiple times. I mean, like, uh, the first one I, I didn't because I, I knew that art was pretty much what I wanted That's, to go you, to. You, so you found and out I, quite I, early. I latched onto that. So I, I really latched onto that. And then when I went to NAU and I did go to NAU, I, uh, I, I, Oh, no kidding. You went to NAU? And I went to NAU. Yeah. And, uh, I, I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do then. So you had some actual real college experience. So I actually had some, uh, real college. I wanted to pursue my, uh, my secondary, uh, bachelor's as well too. So, um, but anyway, I mean, like the whole idea is that children don't latch on to anything anymore out here. It's very slim. It's like, do you want to be a council man or you want to be a council woman? <laughs> <laughs> There's some money in that. Which school, for which school board do you want to serve which on? Which school board do you want to serve on? I, I, I think, uh, I don't know which school has to hire board checks, but <laughs> and it's out there. Exactly. And, you know, it's it's weird because when when you're asked as a young kid... And when we were when we were young, you probably were asked that, right? Of course. Yeah. And what did you want to do when you grew up? What did you I, really want to do? I, I wanted to be the world heavyweight champion of uh, world championship wrestling. <laughs> well, actually, that is a, is, a, is a pretty good goal. That, but that's, that's my equivalent to your ninja <laughs> aspirations. <laughs> what I wanted to be, what I wanted to be, is I wanted to be an artist. Uh-huh. All my life, I've wanted to be an artist. It, I, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be a ninja. That was like secondary <laughs> stuff. But an artist is what I wanted to be because I, I saw art as, as something that I could live on. Uh-huh. And then watching movies about art in a way, uh-huh. and then when you're seeing that the struggle of it, then you're like getting turned off a little bit. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. art is something that. Is, is already in your mind. It's something that no other person can um, get. Mm-hmm. Art is basically for you. Yeah. So that's why I, I liked art. I, I think my realistic aspirations when I was a kid is I wanted to be a teacher. A teacher. I wanted to be an educator. Oh. Because then, like, for me, like, the process of acquiring knowledge, of learning. Yeah. Like, I, I think I, I, I'm in love with that. Like, I love to learn new things about things that I don't understand. And so, you know, if, if you're anybody that's a friend with me, external to this, I'm always asking questions. And I just think that process of education is, is so great. But ex- unfortunately, the realities of our educational system are not great. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, Dion, what, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old? 
Oh, uh, man, that's a good question. Um, I think everyone that um, pretty much almost all the men in my family were either, I think, except for my dad, were either artists or they kind of just came out of uh, out of service in the military. Oh, really? And uh, kind of growing up in between that, everyone was, um, uh, I think it was either one of those two options. I found out very quickly I wasn't much of an artist. I, I like drawing every now and then, but um, I don't think art was a career-specific choice that I wanted to do. Um, especially, And then going to the high, or I guess going uh, fast forward to high school, one of the programs they had up there was the uh, Junior Reserve Officer Training Course, the J, or, uh yeah, core, which uh, JROTC. And I kind of just um, was in there for a while and they kind of expressed um, interest about me going into the army. So I think a big part of that was uh, joining the army as a medical service technician. So basically what I wanted to be growing up was go into the army. Oh, awesome. Mm. Awesome. You you didn't do ROTC in high no, school, did you? No, I, I did the ropes course though. Remember the ropes <laughs> course? Yeah, I remember yeah, the ropes, ropes course. course. Yeah, I only did that. Let me guess, you didn't get to the top. No, I actually did the ropes, the ropes zip line thing. <laughs> that was the most scariest thing I ever had, man. I'm so you, glad I had my gym shorts with me. You, you know, I did ROTC in high school. Really? Yeah, for one year. I did it so that I could get out of showering. As the potato during, peeler? During you, were, you were the potato peeler? There was no potatoes in <laughs> ROTC, Carl. <laughs> Get down, give me 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that thing. Yeah, I think it prepared me for uh, frat life when I got to college. <laughs> <laughs> I was a I was a bench warmer, basically. So you're you're a bench warmer in everything in life. I, you know, <laughs> that's my motto. That's a, <laughs> bench warmers in in life. <laughs> but Dion, you know, I I think that um, I. At least your experience has been pretty extensive. What would you say that? Um, I guess what would you say that? What What are some of the what are What are some of the ways that have been helpful? I guess for you to get through college, because we kind of talked a lot about what some of the barriers are. But what are some of the programs out there, or other types of things that have been helpful to you as a student, or? That have been helpful to others I, that I, are students like yourself. I know that Christie's Cabaret helped me a lot <laughs> in college. So um, a lot of de-stressing, <laughs> de-stressing. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I think working a lot with um, just like program-specific fields out here in Durango helped me out a lot. I know the um, oh man, uh, Heath H E E F helped me out quite a bit with funding. And let's see. And I think a big part is, is um, especially with my field, I have some experience working with environmental injustices. And one of the main things that sparked that off was the, uh, this was back in 2014, was the SB 2109 bill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard or that SB 1070. So, yeah. And just kind of, I, um, a big part of, of my field correlates strongly with uh, political works. And so uh, helping small communities um build their political and environmental strengths and and then knowing where they stand was one of the things I worked on in my internship. So one of the things that are, I guess a couple of programs that helped me out were just a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, community science specific uh, programs out here uh, offered in Durango and escaped my mind. So I forgot the other <laughs> that, program. That, that's so perfectly all right. So uh, enough of the educational questions. Let's get no, down. No, wait. I, let's I, get down I, to I, the real questions I, I, first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I know what you're going to ask. Okay. Okay. Dion, on a scale of one to 10, 
Please uh-huh. rate Durango in terms of the quality of parties. I went to school in Tempe, so we're at a 15. That, that was basically my question, too. So um, the real question is, how many parties have you gone to? <laughs> don't be shy. Uh, I, I don't know. I think my mom listens to this podcast. So I, I got to say maybe none. I, I've never. No, I'm kidding. Well, well you, um, you know, Dion, Soul listens to the podcast. And so, you know, Carl, yeah, kind of, does. Carl puts his hands in his pockets and acts like he's this uh, angel on the podcast. But in I, reality, I have we, to. we all know <laughs> that Soul. So if you're listening to this, and I have to uh, keep my innocence know, on here. <laughs> I bet every time he comes home, she just looks at him going like, Huck Christy. <laughs> I, I found her card in your pants. Bum hucky. Bum hucky. No, um, I guess uh, Durango is like a good, I don't know, I would say like a six. There, I mean, it's a small town and it's like very close to people that just want their peace and quiet. I've, I mean, I've went to, um, I've attended at uh, University of Arizona for journalism for a summer, uh-huh. and that one was fine. That one was better than uh, Durango. I went to, I spent another summer at um, the University of California Irvine. Oh, really? No. And I think that one, that one was, uh, that one was for uh, Earth System Sciences, and that one I think was probably the, the California is probably the place to go. That, that was the one that was up there, huh? So, so the yeah. parties, so, so the parties in, uh, in college life, they're like, they're not like Porky's. <laughs> they're not like the Porky's parties. Have you ever watched those movies? Porky's? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> um, no, it's, it's mostly like you're hearing screen or people screaming, um, people trying to find the recycling bin in, in Durango, Colorado. <laughs> so. <laughs> So a bunch of rock lickers up there. <laughs> a bunch, bunch of rock lickers. Like, where's your recycling bin? It's still going loud. That's the party up there. Some asshole threw his aluminum with the glass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the best part of the party part is like, is going up on along the river, uh, tubing along the river, rafting. Oh, down for Lewis. Or just going out backpacking. Yeah. So oh, Nice. Um, oh. So the adventure part of it's definitely, I think, a whole party in itself. Mm. So, so how was the party scene down at uh, the University of Refrigeration? <laughs> Actually, it was weird because uh, there was this one Hawaiian girl. That's a story for later. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that to that. It's it's not part of the Christie's Cabaret. It's a, it's a different one. So, well, I went from Sippy to ASU. So you can imagine what that was like. <laughs> it was like a it was like a nonstop Alcoholics Anonymous oh my God. type of experience. Yeah. And so, you know, blacking out and then waking up on Mill Ave and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're not one of those uh, people that uh, go to those AA meetings and say, uh, I'm addicted to porn. And you're like, Justin, this is uh, an AA meeting right now. Started in Christie's Cabaret and woke up starting a fire down in Tucson and at U of A campus. I'm pretty sure that's it. So. Um, but Dion, I, I think that, you know, educating us a little bit more about what it is that you want to go to school for, because a lot of that is much needed out here. And I think that you probably know that, especially with our issues and situations with our water, the the cleanliness or the lack of cleanliness of our water as it relates to the environment or even things that relate to uh, uranium mines that are located close to the reservation. And, and so I guess really, how do you plan to bring that knowledge back here to the reservation if that is uh, what, what yeah. you're thinking about doing? 
Yeah. Um, so a big thing that I guess I didn't really plan for was uh, was economic development and building that kind of building that and the issues that come with it out out uh, out home is a big thing too. I guess just that's the next that's the next thing I want to I guess address. But uh, the main part is just. Um, working with all the uh, environmental programs and just kind of start working on things on working on policies that can make us more independent as a, as a tribe and uh, build up political strength so that when we end up having to defend ourselves against the state of Arizona, when it comes to um, water again, you know, we're, we're going to be that much more on the ball or when it comes to land or air quality, the thing that, I kind of was um, uh, that uh, Taha always told me was that no matter that one day someone's going to um, always come by or so, uh, some people are going to come by and they're going to ask for um, ask for everything that we have. And that's going to be up to us to uh, to, I guess, just defend it from everyone. A big part of uh, my drive in uh, college was was always remembering that. And if I can at least have some some say in um, in how Hopi as a tribe pushes itself, I would like to at least have some word into it. Great, great, great answer, Dion. And so, Carl, I apologize for taking us off the path of your poor attempt of uh, your Yoff impression. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that, you know, what Dion said is, is really important because, you know, we... People here, when we're living here on the reservation, that that's all we see. All we see is the reservation. Yeah, we see reservation. All life. we hear is our own conversations day in and day out. But then it's not until you actually get off the reservation and you really see what threats, I guess, are out there to us as a tribe, to us as our lands yeah yeah to us as our right to live because then you know when you think about all of these other entities that exist off the reservation um dion mentioned you know what i mean like state entities yeah, yeah other city entities that we're all fighting for these different elements of life water we're fighting for water we're fighting for air air quality we're fighting for all of these different things. Basically, you know, we're fighting for our right to exist yeah. as a people here on the reservation. But unfortunately, you know, we're, I don't know if it's whether we were forced to or we chose to play by the white man's rules and their game that we have to adapt ourselves and protect ourselves, as Dion was saying, to make sure that we have these different policies when it comes to things like land rights, when we have to contend with these different things, when it comes to things like water rights and air rights, because that, you know, constantly tribes are having to fight for those things Yeah, because somebody else wants it. The city of Phoenix wants our water. The city of Las Vegas wants our water. The city of Los Angeles in California wants our water, but yet as a reservation, we need that too, to live that when you talk about air quality, that a lot of these different, Entities out there want to create things that would produce, um, I guess, toxins that would go into the air that would create pollution. But if that pollution is going to carry into our reservation, then it makes it dangerous for us just to be outside. And you see some of that when it comes to these huge fires that go on down in the West Coast in California, even all the way in Oregon, that a lot of that smoke has traveled down this way to be it difficult for us just to breathe, just to walk outside. 
You know, I, I, I congratulate Dion on choosing such a, like a, I wouldn't say obscure um, topic, but I, you know, it's, it's something that you don't really see on the reservation. Like mm-hmm. there's no real money value with that, uh, with that subject there because of the way that how we were brought up is that we go to college to go get, um, to get a higher paycheck, basically. And that's how I was taught. You know, it's like, if you want a higher paycheck, go to college, learn something new, um, be in that different field there. And so mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. you know, and then being a geologist is something that I don't see as a, as a person that's going to gain something from it. So is, 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 is there, is there a lot of money in geology, Dion, or, or how, how, how much do like you how think mu- about how much rocks your, are you trading financial well-being being when you think <laughs> about your future? Or you guys are just trading rocks over there. So uh, no, it's all about, I think it's, so the main thing I, my goal is, is setting up an environmental programs division. Um, and, uh, I've, um, uh, especially working that summer program internship with the, uh, Southern Ute tribe. Um, I did have a lot of, um, I did have a lot of experiences, uh, experience working with, um, with the water quality division, air quality, Browns fields, which mainly dealt with like old, um, buildings that, um, that grew asbestos or lead, um, lead paint, um, uh, devaluation and kind of rem- remedying those situations. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to land me in like the fortune 500 companies. It's not going to, it's really not going to make me like be the one Hopi guy towing around a boat in the middle of the res. <laughs> but, um, but I think is, uh, the thing is, is that it's what I find comforting for myself is that we still, that we'll still be able to um, continue our ceremonies that we'll still be able to keep our language alive because um, geology helps out in a way that that we need to know where how our land is we need to know what it looks like what it's going to look like we need to know where the water is going to go in like the next 50 to or like 40 to 50 years and where it's projected to to where where water drainages and water catchment systems are projected to move because uh, things like groundwater and water runoff are going to be one of the one of the main things that are going to be really in um, that's projected to be really important in the future. Uh, there was a couple of articles and some news things that I've uh, watched and read that um, that once oil dries up or you know all the the world's oil starts drying up, the next thing that we're going to be fighting for is water. And to be able to um, to be able to help the tribe build its political strength and water rights, and being able to uh, physically control where groundwater moves or be able to at least harness water to um, for us to live as a people is going to is what um, is my current um, idea of what is going to make us more successful in the future. That that is really interesting. That that is really insightful, Dion. And thank you, thank God that you're pursuing yeah. what it is that you're pursuing, so that my kids might have clean water someday living well, out here on the reservation. Yeah. My, my ideal future is like the water world, basically. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's what my, water world. That's my, that's what my ideal future is. So. <laughs> you might be a little bit too young for that, Dion. Uh, 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 Kevin, Kevin, the Kevin Costner, Costner classic. Yeah. yeah no, I've seen that. <laughs> That's my, that's my ideal future. So, you know, Carl, you actually brought up a good point. And so I think you're on fire today, but you know, because then like when when you do think about 
how we're communicated to about college that nobody ever really tells you pursue a career that's going to make you a lot of money. Yeah. That it's just this idea that if you get a bachelor's degree, then that's good. That's great. But then if you have a bachelor's degree in, I don't know, English or no offense to any of the English majors <laughs> out there or, you know, a degree in dance or, you know, I mean, something kind of yeah. niche like that, that, you know, you're really not going to be in that millionaire range. And so, you know, a lot of us, we don't really take that into consideration of choosing a career that's really going to pad the pockets because God, if, if I made that decision based upon how much money that my degree was going to get me, I wouldn't have gone into American Indian studies like I did, but I pursued American Indian studies kind of similar to, to Dion's experience to help that, people, to, to, help people yeah. to help people. And I, I think that a lot of our people are kind of in that, I guess in that same mindset that they're choosing their degrees on how they can help the people because then you know i have quite a bit of friends that are actually in the uh what do they call it um where, where they become like counselors or where they work with people that need help uh behavior health uh public public health yeah public well, health well, not public health uh, gosh what is it called uh therapists I got psychiatrists. I, I got some time to think about this because yeah. then you'll you'll edit this, Carl, and make it nice and <laughs> so well, well, nice uh, and tight. You, you, the reason why I chose my degree was to exploit the culture, pretty much, <laughs> and to make as much money as I can before I die. That was basically my idea of going to college. I didn't care anything more about what Hopi's going to do and uh, where it's going to land because I already knew that we're going to. It's going to turn into water water world anyway. So. <laughs> If somebody's the next Carl Fuchs, <laughs> Car, Carl's attempt of uh, what do they call it? Decolonizing De cultural <laughs> appropriation. If the white men are going to make all this money off I, of I our culture, goddamn it, I'm going to I'm going to make some money off of I'm my own take culture. Take some of that so. money back and put it in my own pocket. <laughs> That's basically why I went to college was to exploit everything here. So, <laughs> but then I guess you know my point was that that you do have folks out there that have these really tough jobs. That like that, like like education, for example, like you have a lot of people out here that go to college to go into the field of education. And for anybody that really understands the state of education is that there isn't a lot of money to be made in education unless you're going to work like in the private sector. If you're going to work for private oh, schools yeah. Yeah. and then you're, you might get a little bit higher paycheck, which I thought was kind of funny because then, you know, in my at least the way that I think is that you would think that education would be one of the most important fields and that teachers should be making 60 to a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. But unfortunately that With that's the lowest, not the yeah. reality and especially living in the state of Arizona where we have one of the worst educational systems in the United States. But yet, you know, year after year after year, you have our people going to these different universities to pursue a career in education for that idea because they want to help our people. They want to help our younger generation yeah, yeah. and build a more comprehensive, more cohesive form of education that our people, that is much more suited for our people and our mentalities and our realities. Social work. Social work. Social work. Is, is social work. Social work is the one that I couldn't name, but I have a lot of friends that are in the social work field and I could not imagine dealing with people and their problems on a daily basis. And I don't say that to be a, a condescending asshole 
But I mean, th- that just sounds real hard to me. You know, you're, you're like, you're like my teacher. You're like my teacher on the podcast. Yeah. 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 You're a very boring teacher, and, but, and I give you a D every time. <laughs> a very boring history teacher, <laughs> but it's, we have to take your class because it's required and you know we want the other one. So <laughs> <laughs> I think but, from a listener's point of view that you guys are teachers to everyone that listens, um, I think um, one of the main things um, that I've known myself to be was very shy and not very outgoing and kind of hard to put myself out there and kind of listening to your guys' stories about uh, what you guys went through, what you guys, uh, how you guys view things, you know, it really helped. It it really helped um, myself and then and a few of my friends that listen as well. And they, about, I guess, finding their voice and helping uh, perceive what's going on outside the res too. So quite to you guys. Well, thank you for that. Thank you, Dion. Yeah, thank, thank you, Dion. Thank you, you for know, I, giving I, me the shout out, giving my, me a personal shout out. I, I think that that's a good point. And I can't possibly imagine what you could educate people on out there, Carl. <laughs> I'm a huge <laughs> educator. I'm here to teach you how to exploit the culture for your money, your technical gains. So I'm <laughs> just kidding. But anyway, um, is there any last words before we part uh, on our ways here, Dion? Is there anything that you want to give advice to on college, on the college side there? Yeah. Um, anyone that's interested in school, you know, always um, don't feel afraid to reach out. Don't feel like you're not smart enough. Don't feel, um, don't feel intimidated to not or to apply. And, you know, the, the biggest part is finding out whether or not you're ready. I, if I were to go back and to graduation day of high school, I probably would have uh, chosen to uh, work for a bit before and then help figure out what I wanted to do. So, you know, a big part of getting ready for college is knowing when, whether or not you're ready. There's going to be people from, from high school to all the way to you graduate that are going to tell you, hurry up and get in college, hurry up and start. Um, but it's really up to you whether or not you want to start. I've met, I've met and have friends that are in their like thirties, late thirties. I've, and I even have a, a friend that's 46 and they just now started college or they found, uh, found a degree field that they really want to study for. They just feel so much more happy that they actually gave themselves the time to do that. So, um, so yeah, so take your time trying to figure out what you want to do. Definitely push yourself af- academically. I know it's going to be hard. And um, another shout out to those teachers out there because they don't get paid enough to deal with uh, deal with uh, some of the rowdy kids out there. Uh, definitely take the time to really find out what you want to do. Um, college is great. Vocational school is just as awesome too. If you want to try to uh, find a program that you find a program or certification that you really want to do, uh, and it's and it's in your best interest, definitely go for it. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Dion, for joining us. And a quick question before we go, Carl, do you have any idea how old you want to be when you retire? Uh, Well, with social, (laughs) I'm I'm 36 now, uh, 37. (laughs) Well, with social security, uh, probably going down the drain is probably about about 104 when I retire and have a good life. So, you know, goals. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I say that because, in, you know, a point that Dion made is that, you know, it's never too late. And, you know, I, I think that most people yeah, oh yeah, yeah. work well into well, at least up to their 60s. And so, you know, if you barely 
find something in your 40s and that's still about close to 20 years of working of, in something of working with something that you that, love that yeah. you love to do and then you know whatever pay that comes with it you know i don't want to be the the only for money guy but god damn it <laughs> i, I, I want to get paid yeah exactly that's the reason why i went to college to speaking go of get getting, paid speaking of getting paid carl when am i going to get paid for <laughs> this whole project here i do i pay you a compliment <laughs> Shouldn't that be enough? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for listening to this uh, episode of College Life. I don't know what that's the title of this episode. I, I was calling it College Kids, but I, I we talked a whole lot about a lot of different things. Yeah, so. yeah. But you know, Hopi College, Hopi guys. College guys. We should we should name the episode. So, and if anybody gets upset out there, the College on Guide, the the College, college guide. Guys, Ooh, Hopi College Guide. And, and if anybody gets out of, upset out there about gender inclusivity, talk to my kid who decided not to join us today. So, <laughs> Exactly. All right. Well, if you guys are listening to this on the Anchor website, uh, go to anchor.fm slash cjpodcast85. Uh, and if you want to become our monthly donor, go to anchor.fm slash cjpodcast. It's only 99 cents or $9.99 a month. And you, you get a special shout out. You get all of these special things. And we are working. We are still working on trying to get something out for all of our special contributors. And if you guys want to just donate a dollar or more, go to um, buymeacoffee.com slash CJ podcast to donate one dollar or more. And shout out to Dion also, too, for being a member of our 30-pack sponsor of Givers. And so, you know, spending his college scholarship money on funding <laughs> us instead of in the proper areas that he should. But, you know, big, big shout out to you for doing that. And if you're not following us on social media out there, you can find us at Carl and J-Man all across the boards on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we're actually, I think, less than 15 followers away from reaching up a new tier on Instagram. So this is my plea to you all. Go on to your instagram apps right now and follow us on instagram and if you're listening to us on youtube you can uh, hit the subscribe smash the like button and if you're listening to us on apple Podcasts, please don't forget to leave us a five-star review if you the lone person out there that gave us the one-star review change it and make it five stars <laughs> all right well thank you again for listening to carl and j-man Save the World Podcast. My name is Carl, and this is my best friend, Jamie. So long, quest. quest.